All right. Well, welcome to the road to 10,000. Uh, we're back at it, uh, finally. Uh, we did a test episode last week, and, uh, and I think we're ready to actually start um, re-releasing these. Uh, before we get too far into this, you know, start talking about movies, uh, got to give a special shout-out to uh, my boy Josh here. Uh, don't know where Adonis is, but uh, we got a special guest who's going to be taking over for now. Uh, and his name is Josh Conkey. Me and him sell solar toge together, and... Uh, yeah, uh, me, and he, me and him kind of vibe well on movies, so uh, I think uh, we're just going to spend this episode introducing ourselves, showing you know, showing our movie taste to each other and figuring okay. out how, how we want to you know, continue with this. Uh, so, best of the decade and all that stuff is put on hold for now, uh, if anyone's even still you know, actually like an avid fan of us and wondering where I've been for the past three months, yeah, just, just uh, don't know what's happening, but... Uh, we're uh, starting it up again, and more than likely you're going to see Josh a lot. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to spend today uh, going through these movies, um, these movies that we like. Uh, uh, let's start off with stuff we've watched recently. Uh, what you've been watching recently? Well, um, Richard, like we were um, talking earlier, um, you know, I recently watched um, the, the Wall Street sequels. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked it. Um, if I had watched the, the first uh, Wall Street uh, you know, with uh, Charlie Sheen, Michael Douglas, uh, it had been quite a quite a while ago. Um, but watching the sequel really just actually made me watch the the first Wall Street, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. I liked it. I mean, what what have you been watching right now? Uh, so I've been watching a bunch of different things, mostly a lot of shows. Uh, I, you know, last time we talked about Star Wars uh, Rebels, and we talked a lot about Star Wars, but uh, and the Clone Wars and everything. And there's a lot to talk about with yeah, Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars content to talk about, and I think we can spend a whole podcast doing that, honestly. But, uh, but yeah, I've been watching a bunch of Rebels. Uh, I started a new anime called uh, Samurai Champloo. Sounds weird, but uh, basically, you know, you're in. Uh, ancient times in J Japan, and you follow these two samurais who are only samurai by nature. They're not, like, like uh, actual samurais. They're just really good with the samurai store, sword and the, the aesthetic of it all. So, uh, yeah, and they, there's no real story. They're, hmm. they're just, like, working their way through the land. Um, the only story that's overarching between the episodes is they're trying to find this this samurai that smells of sunflowers, right? And they haven't got anywhere close to this. They're just wandering from one town to the next, trying to figure out what's going on. But, hmm. yeah, it's just about these two um, samurai you know, badasses who uh, get into hijinks and always end up worse than where they were before. And, you know, they move on to the next episode. And one of them is really, uh, I can't remember the names of them because I'm bad, bad at character names, but um, one of them is uh, extremely uh, unhinged. Like, he doesn't have any discipline in him. And the other one is extremely disciplined. So, the, like, you get two sides of it, like, at once. And the two, like, get along with each other very well. And, uh, they're, they're kind of hooked into, uh, so I said earlier, the, they're trying to find some samurai cult that smells of sunflowers. Don't really know why. They're just, um, this lady that they came across in the first episode who they bailed her out of a bad situation, you know, she ends up following them and she asks them to find this samurai for her. And that's it. Like, there's no other, there's no other reason. It's like, she hasn't even given her a reason why she wants to find it. And they don't seem to ask why, but... It's a lot of, it's really cool. It's got a, it's got a hip hop element to it. So like the cutting, um, oh. the, the editing in it is very, uh, uh, like you'd almost, 
when it gets to like its action sequences, it, it's almost like a hip hop video. Like it cuts um, very uh, a lot. It cuts a lot, but not so much that you can't like understand what's going on. Huh. And uh, yeah, um, I, I'm almost uh, halfway through it, and I gotta I gotta recommend it if I was to, you know, say right now what if I don't like it, I definitely recommend it. Well, um, that's good. It's uh it's a short one. It's only 25 episodes. It came out in 2005, so. Uh, yeah, I'm really liking it so far, and I'll probably be done with it next time we record, honestly. And, tell you right. how it and, what's, and what is that called? Shamurai Shampoo. It starts and, with a C. And how did you find that? It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Right yeah. on. Right yeah. on. I've been itching to watch a new anime. Like, I've been watching, a bu- like like I said, uh, we were wa- I was watching Clone Wars a lot. I finished up Clone Wars, and I'm watching Rebels right now, but I really wanted to get into another anime. Um, so I started that because I heard good things about it. And yeah, and yeah, it's pretty good. Um, right on. I would recommend that one. Uh, very simple story, and yeah, I like it. Right on. I mean, as far as shows, I actually um, just started last night rewatching like a a favorite TV show that I just watched. Oh, probably just a few months ago, and it's called Project Blue Book. Mm. I don't know if I've talked to you about it. Absolutely, but, you have. But uh, I, I mean, if you know me, I mean, I'm I'm huge into like aliens and space and anything sci-fi. I mean, that's really like, uh, you know, aside from like you know me like the Quentin Tarantino movies. I mean, I'm always looking for a good sci-fi movie. Yep. And Project Blue Book, based on a true story. Um, taking place, you know, back in the 70s, or I mean, sorry, early 60s and 70s, um, about the creation of a, of a secret task force that was designed to debunk alien, uh, sightings here on planet earth, Mm -hmm. right? Where we'd have people in the United States claiming to have sighted alien aliens or alien devices or alien flying craft and this this government agency was set out to really debunk it and figure out a really scientific explanation for why these events actually occurred and i tell you what man i mean it hooks you it's awesome it's unfortunately it's only two seasons long Mm -hmm. i mean because i'd I mean, I'd totally watch more, but it gets all the content. I mean, everything from start to finish uh, within that two full seasons. Uh, but great show. I'm yeah. definitely recommending. Is it a like a documentary series or is it like an actual drama? It's an actual drama um, that's based on a true story. Okay. So um, that's what I like about it. I mean, I don't, I'm not much into a documentary type of guy unless it's something I really want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Awesome, yeah, you know, you, you've told me about that a lot, and uh, you keep trying to get me to watch it, and I just always watch something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feels well, bad though. I think it was an HBO special, but I'm, I'm, I know that you can find it on Prime. Yeah. So definitely uh, something to look at. You can, you can find that Project Blue Book on Prime. I know for a fact. So. Mm, yeah, that's. It was canceled. Like, yeah, that sucks. Oh uh, yeah, that that kind of reminds me. Uh, we. I don't know if you uh, there was that old show uh, Unsolved Mysteries. You remember that? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it came. It made a comeback recently on Netflix, and instead of going over like four or five different unsolved mysteries in one episode, it spins an entire like hour long episode on a single event. Um, and there was a there was one event where you know three separate people who had never met each other 
all saw the same thing in the sky. And it was like a some sort of alien spacecraft, or they all claimed to have seen it. Um, but, like, three separate people in this town that had never met each other, never knew known each other, have no connection to each other, was, saw, saw and explained the exact same thing. And um, that one ends, like, that one's weird. Because it doesn't, like, doesn't have anything to go off of other than their, um, uh, you know, what they claim to have seen. So, yeah, it, it kind of remind that when you were talking about Blue Book, it, it kind of reminded me of that. Well, I don't want to get off on like a you know like a UFO alien tangent mm-hmm. since we're talking about movies, but you know um, for the listeners that you have out there, I don't know if they know that we're based in Arizona, but actually the the largest confirmed multiple sightings actually happened here in Arizona quite a while ago, back in the '60s. Okay, in a little town called Snowflake. That's in the north part, um, the the be the northeastern part of Arizona, where actually there was a total of six or seven uh, witnesses that witnessed the same alien abduction event. Mm-hmm. Okay, that all passed lie detector tests, and it's the largest multiple sided event in history. I didn't know that. I've been, no. we've been I've been here for a while now, and I know that uh, one movie. Uh, what was it Evolution? You did you see that movie? Um, who who is it with? Um, God, I'm blanking right now. Who is it? Um, it's that Ivan Reitman movie. Um, is it gonna tell me anyone who's in it? Maybe Sean William Scott, who's pretty much dead too. <laughs> Ted Levine, Julianne Moore. Yeah, I remember this movie. You know, I haven't had a chance to see that movie. Oh, and Dan Aykroyd's in it. <laughs> He's the governor of Arizona. <laughs> oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, probably doesn't. Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, no, this one, th- this movie's weird. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I don't know if I can recommend it because it's, it's it's strange. It's very weird. Okay. But, and the end of it is terrible, I think. But... Uh, it, it's got a lot of fun stuff toward the beginning and toward the middle, and I think it's trying to say something, but it's it's such a bland plot that you know it's whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Somehow that movie came to mind, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it takes place here in Arizona, and it's an alien alien type movie. It's mm-hmm. not really. It's like a asteroid crash crash lands, and it has organisms on it, and they evolve like incredibly quickly. Like within a day, they're like making their own society and everything. Hmm. yeah and they're making yeah it's 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 kind of interesting but toward the end it's like it's really dumb like they defeat it with shampoo <laughs> oh really yeah okay yeah, there's a spoiler for you but um yeah so oh. so what are what are some other good movies that you've seen recently what have i seen recently yeah. um like as far as a movie versus a tv show as a movie as far as movies go uh, I think last time when we did the test episode that I'm not going to release, uh, we talked about what lies beneath. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know. Every, uh, all the recent movies I've watched recently, that movie always comes back to, to my mind. You know, I always think about, I come back and think about that movie because it's a pretty average horror movie. Um, eh, scary. Eh, horror is a bit. Thriller. Yeah, yeah. Horror is a bit much, but it, it does have ghosts in it and stuff. Um. It's pretty average, you know. It's got creepy parts here and there, but there's a section toward the end, this thirty minute section. It's, it's uh, brilliant. I really can't, really can't uh, 
say that enough. It's really, I think it was really expertly choreographed, uh, and it's super slow. There's almost no music until, until like the last 10 minutes. Um, and it's super tense. Uh, I loved it. Um, it all starts when she gets stuck in the bathtub and she's got to like, she got to, you know, she's kind of drugged and she's got to figure her way out, out of it. And it's, it, all of it's really cool. Um, definitely makes you stay like on the edge of your seat, like can't take your eyes off of it type, type stuff. Cause it's, you follow her, like you follow this person for the next 30 minutes as she tries to get away from this thing, um, from this per- other person. And, uh, I won't give spoilers cause I think it's a. I think it's spoiler worthy. So, um, yeah, that's something else we should talk about. Is, uh, we, I don't think we need to spoil every movie. But, oh, of course not. Of course not. Um, especially fact, movies a lot we of, liked. You know, if there's if there's a good movie out there, we definitely want people to watch it. Uh, I mean, I'd be the same way. I mean, like uh, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at my Broncos hat. And I tell you what, you know, I'm a big football fan. And if for some reason I'm not able to see the game mm-hmm. on Sunday or Thursday or Monday and somebody's telling me the end before I've actually got a chance to actually look at it and, and watch the highlights myself, I'm completely pissed. Yeah. See, uh, see I, I, I only watch, watch – that's funny because when it comes to sports events, like if I'm not watching it live, I don't care about it. Like, like, I don't care if I have spoilers for it. Cause I, well, I could care less about any other team, but... Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, unless they're playing the Broncos. But the... Um, what, like, um, we were talking about earlier, um, a couple of movies that I rewatched recently that I think are just... that I think are amazing are um, are the Kill Bills. Uh, the Quentin Tarantino movies. Uh, watching, you know, Volume 1 and 2... Um, just just recently, and just the the whole way that he puts all that together and and really dissects the whole movie, you know, into a different format is amazing. I, yeah, I love uh, I love Tarantino's uh, action style, and I love his dialogue. Um, every every Tarantino movie, you can tell even if you've never seen a Tarantino movie, don't even know who this guy is. If you watch two, both his movies, any two of his movies together, you know instantly they're by the same guy because they he's got such a unique style and his his writing for a you know for a scene the dialogue is just it's brilliant like talk he can talk like 7 minutes over nothing but it's still the most entertaining thing to watch like i think there's like a 5 minutes they argue whether or not tips are you know an american way when it comes to uh when in the beginning of reservoir dogs Right, you know, um, I wouldn't say it was a five-minute-long scene because I've, I'm a sure I'm a really uh, I would say I'm a connoisseur of the Quentin Tarantino movies, yeah. so I would say it's a good three-minute scene. But yes, they go in depth on talking about why people should tip waitresses and Steve Buscemi, who thinks you know the actor thinks that you know he's not going to tip the waitress. Yeah. So there's a whole conversation on that. But in the end, guess who wins? The guy who's paying the bill. Yeah. So, hey, so he has nothing to say about that. Something, so we were talking about comedies, and I'm not much of a comedy guy, but I saw this movie streaming, and I thought I'd watch it because it, it made me think of you, because uh, The Water Boy. Uh, oh, I watched that, The Water Boy. That made, me, that made you think of me. Huh? Yeah, because you're, you're, <laughs> you're the comedy guy. You like all the comedy movies. Oh, I see. Sandler. Oh, okay. I thought Guess maybe it. I thought I was like Water Boy or something. No, you, but, you, like, you like all the... Like all 
those classic comedies with those you know big actors like Adam Sandler and Bill and Murray. And you think that's a classic comedy? I would think I would say it's a classic. Man, you just made me feel really old, man. <laughs> I mean, some things are. In- I think some things are instantly classic. Well, that I would okay. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. Okay, I'll agree with you on that. But I think uh, I think that, that movie is so you know, oh, like people don't talk about it anymore. You know what I mean? Well, there's, I mean, like, when you when you think about Adam Sandler movies, what are the movies that people think about? I mean, they think about Billy Madison, mm-hmm. okay? Um, they think about... Uh, big Daddy? Well, Big Daddy is a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mr. Deeds. Oh, uh, Happy Gilmore. Right. That's, like and, my, that's yeah, the one so, I actually I like. I mean, the, 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 the main two that people are going to think about is Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, Waterboy kind of gets put to, like, the lower, well... If if you take into account some of his newer movies, it's probably more towards the top. You yeah. Know? Oh man, uh, some because, of his newer movies are. I mean, trash. I love Adam Sandler. I love the cast of characters that's always in his movies because, um, you know, the Happy Madison production they always have like the same mm-hmm. cast of characters that's in all their movies um, playing some kind of different role, mm-hmm. um, like. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Yes. It, it Waterboy is a good movie. Yes. That's for sure. Yeah, Sandler uh is known for like just make it like he doesn't care. As we saw like 2019 or 18 maybe, uh he uh he plays uncut gems and you know, I've always known Adam Sandler can act. I just I don't think he cares to, you know what I mean? Like he he he's more interested in just having fun on the movies he makes. So uh and you say you talk about how uh, he wants uh he has all the same cast and crew. It's because he had because he's like, hey, let's make another movie, and it gives him an excuse to like go to Florida or go to the, the island, these islands or whatever islands, and you know just have fun. And also, they get to mo- shoot a movie on the side, you know. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I don't think Adam Sandler's interested in making a good movie. I think he's more interested in having fun, and uh, you know, because he's funny. No one can deny that he's not funny. I mean, you watch The Water Boy and just go this. This guy's kind of some on some level he's a genius, you know. Um, sure. And uh, you know, there's a I don't know if you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he makes a random appearance in that, almost like, almost as if like the show the show didn't realize he was gonna be on it because he shows up and he's not wear, he's wearing like sweatpants and like a white t shirt and he's like I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> like, end oh, the really? show. <laughs> I have I haven't seen that. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is, is uh, hilarious. I would. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, but um, great show. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Adam Sandler definitely can act. Uh, if you haven't seen Uncut Gems, I definitely recommend it. Uh, he's a if you want to see a good Adam Sandler performance, it's that's probably the be- his best. Um, definitely probably his best. I can't think of another one that rivals it. Honestly, he hasn't been in too many serious movies. Um, but yeah, uh, something I watched. Uh, well, you want to go next? You got something else? Um, let's see, something else that I recently watched, um, well, I spent a good amount of time watching some sequels, um, recently, so, I mean, other than that, um, I know it's kind of hard to say, like, what are the movies I've watched, because, I mean, I already have encompassed probably the last, like, 12 hours, you know, half a day, or maybe even further of a day of my life, mm-hmm. so, with just the movies I've just recently talked about in the last week, um, but, uh, I mean, other movies that I've watched, um, I was fortunate enough, I'll bring this up, 
to um, even though I would say that I am a uh, Lord of the Rings Hobbit uh, J.R. Tolkien fan, my friend here Richard Aldridge was kind enough to tell me about something that I wasn't privy to, which was the uh, the director's cut mm -hmm. or the unedited edition of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Better which, known as the real editions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can't which, release a four-hour movie in theaters. <laughs> yeah, which um, I was not privy to, um, and he was nice enough to let me borrow them, which I then watched in in repetition to one another, um, just watching each one, and it was amazing to see all the, the untold parts that you don't get to see um, from the books that that you know that didn't end up in the the actual theatrical part of the movie um, so I was uh, that's actually probably one of the more exciting things uh, you know in the film industry like that's happened to me in the last few months was getting to to rewatch those and really what I felt like watching it for the first time again mm -hmm. you know which I yeah. told you about which yeah. was amazing yeah which it, was amazing the, so yeah we had a small conversation about movies we wish we could watch again for the first time. You know, and definitely Lord of the Rings for me is up there. Uh, honestly, I can't think... I If I had to pick something, it'd definitely be Lord of the Rings, actually, because the, the magnificence of that... I just had an idea. I, I uh, hate to cut you off. You should off. make that an episode. Um, well, I just had an idea was movies that are only good watching one time. Yeah. Na name one. Uh, the water boy. The, <laughs> the so you mean you'll never rewatch it again? I, probably, because you, I mean I might, but I mean not because I want to. <laughs> I've got a great movie that like so this was a I would consider this a really good movie, mm -hmm. okay? But it's only a really good movie worth watching one time. Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio. I see. I know the ending to this, so I won't watch it. Well, and see, and that's the problem with the movie. Yeah. Right. See, once you get so it's a, it is a good movie. I'm not going to give him. I'll I'll give him that. It is a good movie. But the problem is, is when you get to those really twist endings at the very end, mm -hmm. then you immediately turned it into a movie that you can only watch once. Uh, yeah, I, we were uh, doing a. I was in a film class, and everyone, no one cared about spoilers. No one. Uh, all. Someone did Shutter Island and just spoiled the entire movie, and I was like, "Why do I even want? Why do I? Why should I watch this now? Like, there's no point. Like, I, I know all of this is not what it seems like. You know, there's this twist at the end. You know, it's something like The Sixth Sense. You can get the twist at the end and rewatch the movie and get us, you know, more out of it than you did the first time. You know, you remember The Sixth yeah, Sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, with you Bruce know? Willis. Yes, it was. It was a great. Uh, I would say a good movie as well. Um, it was one that the reason why you rewatch it is because you don't believe it. Even when you saw the twist, now you got to watch it one more watch time and see just to see if anybody acknowledges him so that you can believe the twist at the end. Mm -hmm. That's only a movie worth watching twice. Sure. Now, uh, the sixth sense is, uh, I showed that to my wife, um, and she, she had no idea, you know, and it came and she was like, what you know and I, I was so happy that i got her i was so happy that i got her like i was more happy than she was shocked like i was just so happy that she uh, saw that twist ending and just was like floored by it um yeah dude it's that one's a good one um movies that you can only watch once um i would say a bunch of war movies 
So, uh, you know, anything that has to do with, like... Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. I think there'd be a there'd be a group of people out there that probably disagree with you. I'm actually going to agree with you with on that. With me. For me personally, I don't think I could watch something like The Pianist again. And and that's only because I'm not... Uh, I mean, I love, I love some of the great war movies, but I'm not... It's not one of the my my favorite genres, so mm-hmm. it's not something that I'm gonna watch and rewatch, like I would an action or a thriller or like a good drama movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I'm actually a big um, a big western fan. Like yeah. I mean, I'll watch a lot of westerns too. I, uh, my west, I'm not up to date. My westerns, I'm not very good on my westerns. Uh, I keep trying to. But there's so many of them. Like, and like, they almost all kind of blend together um, <laughs> after a while. Well, if you're not really into them, I can see how they would blend together. Because, I mean, you just think, okay, these are some cowboys in the West. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I like, uh, what's that? Uh, Butch, uh, Sundance and Butch Cassidy. Butch, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Yeah, that one. Uh, that one I watched and I was like, that was good. I liked it, you know, and... You know, we seventeen, sixteen-year-old me was like, you know, liked it. So I think that that stands for a good movie because some, nothing could hold my attention, you know, six years ago. So uh, to watch that movie and just enjoy them like struggling to, you know, every mile they think they're good, and then you know something else happens, and then you know they get a little bit further, and then something else happens, and you think they're good, and then they're not, you know. And uh, well, life's a struggle unless you're Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously. So, yeah, that's something... Uh, I watched The Good and Bad and the Ugly a uh, long time ago. Like, six or seven years ago at this point. And okay. I was just like, I don't understand what people like about this. Like, it's like one of the highest rated movies on IMDb. And it's... it's. Uh, I, I watched it and I was like, this is a... This is like... People like this movie? Like, really? It's... It's, uh, it's, it's the... Pin- it's, the, it's the pinnacle of the Clint Eastwood era. Sure. And um, he was in, at that particular time, what you have to understand is he was an icon at that particular, at that particular time and place in history. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he was, he was the Wild West. Like when people thought of, because you have to understand that he was coming after, he was coming after an even bigger great who was John Wayne, right? John Wayne who was, the, the rule who real what was the father of western movies right when people think of westerns were the shit western movies i mean yeah because well that's what people envied it was it wasn't too far away from american you know pastime mm-hmm. that a lot of people remembered or or they had they had family members or you know their their grandparents remembered that wild west and john wayne was the duke i mean he was the man when it came to making western movies and he was he was an he was an american icon he was the like i would say i would probably say the you know like the arnold schwarzenegger of our era mm-hmm. you know like i mean he was that guy who was he was forefront and not only not only in movies but he was forefront in politics yeah. and yeah. and the yeah. government and so he was he was he was actually an American icon. I mean, you could put his you could have put his face mm-hmm. on a coin and people would use it. I mean, like, so yeah. I mean, that's how big he was. So Clint Eastwood was really the coming, you know, he was he was becoming. filling he was becoming that John Wayne. He was filling the shoes if he could fill his shoes to some extent 
um, was Clint Eastwood coming into that era, which unfortunately that Western kind of movie, the, the Wild West, had kind of, from after that point now, has kind of faded and fizzled out. Yeah, no, so. the, the Western genre has very much died um, as a genre by itself. I see, I see a lot of people, a lot of shows and movies and stuff, take Western elements and, you know... Like, uh, I know you're not a big superhero guy, but Logan, uh, there was a, uh, so Wolverine, the Wolverine movies uh, mm-hmm. ends with Logan and right. Logan is, a is like, a, it's a Western, absolutely a Western. Like there's no desert or anything like that, that they go through or horses they ride on. But, you know, it's, it's absolutely a Western, uh, it, um, a man down on his luck or not down on his luck, but. He's just, he's struggling to get by and, you know, ev- the world is beating him down and he just, he has this one chance, you know, if, I won't get into the plot of the movie, but he has this one chance to like keep it going. Um, so he spends this entire movie going through, you know, fighting all these people and uh, trying to save this little girl and uh, relive his glory days essentially because he's getting old, his superpowers are wearing down. You know he's got super healing, but mm-hmm. uh, like like he can pull he can push bullets out of his skin. But uh, because he's getting older, he's getting it's getting really hard for him and it's really painful at this point. Where but if you watch like the X Men movies, he does it like not not a problem like nothing for him. And uh, he's got to take care of Patrick Stewart who's like dying. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, and you know the Mandalorian too. Mandalorian's a western. It's a western in space. You know. <laughs> Which uh, I thought was cool, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, yeah, you know, let's go, let's get into the Mandalorian real quick. Have, have you caught up on it? Have you watched? Actually, no. You just just re reminded me. Um, that's actually something I want to do tonight, man. Is um, I haven't. I've got one more episode to catch up on. Mm-hmm. So you're. So what was the last one you watched? The last one I watched is um, they're coming out of the tunnel. Um, they're being trapped by stormtroopers, um, and okay. then that's when the uh, the the nanny robot, you know, is going to self sacrifice her to uh, save the baby Yoda. Okay, so that's the end of season one. So you haven't watched any season two yet. I think it was the first season of, or the first episode of season two. Is it the first the first episode of season two is uh. Actually, you know what? I take that back. The last episode then that I watched was actually um, the where they're taking down the crate dragon. That's the that's the first ep- that's the first that's the last episode that I've seen. And that one's a good episode. That's a great episode. Um, it's funny if you if you watch like if you're a big Star Wars nerd like me and you play the games and watch and you know read the books and watch the shows and. Uh, you just know a lot of the Star Wars lore. The Crate Dragon has always been um, throughout throughout it. Like you know, there's a there's a little there's a Star Wars game where you can fly around on Tatooine, and you can find the bones of another Crate Dragon. You know, of an older Crate Dragon, and that game is like is like fifteen years old. Now, don't you think you find it odd that they on all of Star Wars lore, they always end up on back on Tatooine. Why is that? See that out of the was entire that Tatooine. Out of, yeah, then out of yes, that was correct. That was Tatooine because mm-hmm. you had the um, who are the guys of the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Tusken Raiders. Thank you because I'm glad I just didn't make that sound for nothing. Yeah, uh, anyway, <laughs> I should have. How does it go again? How does it go again? Yeah, it would have been. 
Uh, you sound like an otter. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the uh, it, it, I mean, when you watch all of the Star Wars, and of course, I mean, they always end up back on Tatooine. Um, you you watch, you know, whether you watch the you know the first three, the middle three, the last three. Um, and, then, and then in Tat, and then in the Mandalorian here, I just thought it was interesting how they're also always ending up back on Tatooine. This is the when he when he fights the Crate Dragon. This is his second time coming back to Tatooine, and he's, I mean, um, I, I don't know. I'm just I just find it interesting. Yeah, no, Tatooine seems to be like, because I mean the whole the whole. It all started on Tatooine. Like when you watch the New Hope, it starts on Tatooine. There's, yeah. Well, yes, yes, because I mean, Luke Skywalker is a boy. He's there because, because, what happened was so the, and I guess why everything started there was because when. You know, Anakin. It was interesting that so Anakin Skywalker is a slave. Also came on, on Tatooine. <laughs> on Tatooine. And then they decide to send his son, when they split up him and Leia, back to Tatooine. Yeah. To live with his aunt and uncle. Which is funny to me. It's like, why is that... Like, the Empire, this big, huge, you know, force of evil, never thought to look back <laughs> where he came from. <laughs> like, where, where, where'd they put that Luke guy? <laughs> like, they never thought to look in... Yeah, because, I mean, I feel... They know when the prequels were around. Like, the Emperor knows there's a... Two babies floating around somewhere. Well, the the emperor knows that there's one. Oh, okay. The emperor doesn't know that she has twins. That's a that is the secret. Okay. Now, but they know emperor knows she's pregnant, right? Know that she dies, right, in mm. childbirth, right? But do the child do the children live? Mm. Now he probably could feel. I mean, if he's such a, a uh, you know such a great Sith Lord. He could feel that there's that extra force that there is that the babies did survive, mm-hmm. right? But he would have never known that there were there was a twin. Sure. But now, but yeah, you're right. I mean, because so if they would have survived, where was the first place you would look? Yeah, right. Tatooine. Yeah, right. I mean, like, if that was me. Yeah, it's well, I don't know if it would be the first place, but it definitely wouldn't be like the last. Like I never would have <laughs> thought of it. Like absolutely. <laughs> The Road to 10,000 is brought to you by uh, Credit Cure USA. Yeah, that's, uh, we got ourselves a sponsor, Credit Cure USA. Uh, it's a credit repair company. Uh, I've used them before. I got to recommend them. Um, what they do is uh, they take a look at your credit reports and uh, they'll go through each of the ones you get from uh, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Uh, you can get a free copy of those online. They'll lead you to that and everything. It's really, it's a really easy process um, and they're really, they're really good about it. Um, they made me feel really confident about it. Um, they go through each of the accounts you have, and then uh, what they do is uh, they tell you the accounts they think that they can dispute, and they have a really good success rate, around a 70% success rate with that, and I know that from experience. Uh, they took out almost all of my inquiries, um, and because of that, my, my credit score mm-hmm. um, jumped up 20 points. Um, they average around 28 points a month. Uh, and you know, it's still going every, every time I check. So yeah, I really can't recommend these enough. And it only cost me $50, uh, or it's costing me now $50 a month, but it starts at 70. So really can't recommend them enough, but you can get a free, um, you know, consultation if at, when you call 844-210-4067, or you can go to the website and it's just, it's just credit 
uh, yeah, uh, creditcureusa.com or 844-210-4067 gives you a free consultation. They'll tell you everything they think you can do if you, you might be a good fit for them. And yeah, um, then they can go from there. Uh, creditcureusa.com, 844-210-4067. Uh, can't recommend them enough. And uh, yeah, th- uh, thanks, Credit Cure, for, uh, for sponsoring this episode of The Road to 10,000. Uh, thank you guys for, for sponsorship, guys. That's, that's crazy. Uh, Credit Cure USA, thanks. Uh, but yeah, before we uh, get it, um, you know, start talking about some of our favorite movies or directors or whatever, uh, I do want to talk about one last movie, uh, uh, Tootsie. Have you seen Tootsie? I actually haven't. So yeah, Tootsie is, uh, it's more or less a classic at this point. Like maybe not a lot of people have heard of it. It's kind of fallen off people's radar, but uh, it's really freaking good. Um, I'll just say that right out of the gate. Um, really good. Like 10 out of 10 movie, I'd, I'd say. Um, it's a comedy about a guy who, a struggling actor who was really good and is still really good, but people just don't want to work with him at this point. Um, and he can't get any work in New York. And so he, he does the only thing he knows how to do. He becomes a woman. (laughs) He becomes a woman to, and he ends up playing uh, on a show. He gets this role on the show and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it ends up becoming like a female empowerment movie almost, even though there's a man playing it. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's Dustin Hoffman, who is a brilliant actor. Uh, I don't know how you act this role. How do you act a actor who's struggling, who's a really good actor and is struggling to find work? Like, that's, and then you act as a completely different person. You, you know, a completely different gender, uh, gender at that point. And, uh, you know, he gets into all sorts of hijinks and stuff like that, but, um, and wacky situations. But, uh, I, I think overall, when it gets to its serious, um, notes, this movie really shines. Um, I don't love the ending because the ending kind of just disregards a character that has been through it the entire movie and she just gets like thrown out the window, like whatever, who cares about her, you know? Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to make it short and sweet. I'm gonna keep it that short. Um, I love this movie. Definitely recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, this movie is just is good for everyone, anyone or and everyone. Um, it's funny. Um, it can very. It's not that long, and it. I mean, it is long. It's a normal length movie, but uh, it it kind of just goes through it because it's so fun just to watch this guy like get into situations and act his way out of them. You know, it's 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 kind of it's really it's really good. Um, I'm right on. Right on. Yeah. You actually just reminded me of another movie that I bring up, talking okay. about drag queens. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite comedies is definitely have to be Birdcage. Oh, yeah. So Birdcage with Robin Williams um, is, is a great movie. Absolutely. Um, now, is it one of his most hilarious movies? No, but I think the whole plot that puts it together and... Um, and of, and his 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 acting ability throughout the movie just really helps you see like that all the different diversities that Robin Williams had, you know. I mean, he was really such a great actor. Robin Williams and um, while he always was drawn to comedy, like I think he that man is like top five best actors on the planet. Well, he, ever ever to exist, like. Yeah. Um, Right up there with like Bill Murray too. Um, not that Bill Murray has a lot of movies where he acts his ass off, but I really feel like Bill Murray has a lot of acting 
talent that maybe he doesn't care to unlock, but I know you can definitely see is there, and he just uh, effortlessly effortlessly uses it. Um, sure, um, maybe he natural talent. Yes, natural yeah. talent, and and Robin Bill Murray yeah. is in is in Tootsie by the way. Um, oh really? If okay. you, yeah, he's kind of a side role, but uh, he's in it and he's really funny. Oh, sorry. So uh, yeah. Anyway, I was gonna say is just going on that um, talking about Robin Williams is the I think the difference that made him versus a lot of other actors um, in the past and and in our present right now was you could tell just by watching him and if you watched a lot of his his comedy specials that. He was an actor that had an, um, you know, an abnormally high IQ. Like, mm-hmm. he could also talk politics. He knew recent events. Um, and he was he was very fast to the draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, um, that might have been some of the drugs talking, but I mean, sure, but he, sure. was, he was a very intelligent man. To no, say I think least. so. Yeah, it's, um, I've, I honestly feel like those comedians, people who start out as comedians, like, and then branch out to, uh, I think comedy has just like really brings out some sort of uh, inner intelligence in people because like it's like like saying like dying is easy and comedy is hard you know uh, people who uh, people who are able to be uh, funny um, just have to be on another level of awareness I feel like um, I would agree with that yeah I think I think comedy is like a, there's acting and then there's comedy you know you know um, I think being a com- it's not hard to be a com- comedian. No, that's not true. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm getting to say, getting at, but I, I feel like um, comedy really brings out the intelligence of people because to be funny, you have to be, you know, aware of things. <laughs> well, there, there's different levels of comedy. I mean, you have the, the comedians that, uh, that put themselves into hazardous situations for a laugh where mm. they'll hurt themselves. Uh, Steve-O. Right. Um, and then you also have comedians that are intellectually funny, you know, the, the comedians that make you think about shit that you, mm-hmm. or in a different way, that really spin something. And But the number one thing in all comedy that makes a comedian funny is the delivery man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could take... I mean, a guy like a great comedian, um, and I, I don't know if we want to get off on this tangent here. Sure, but, let's go for it. Um, you know, a great comedian of mine, um, unfortunately, he's he's not with us anymore, but uh, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, yeah. That I've showed him to you. This this was the guy, the king of the one-liners. And, but it wasn't about... It wasn't about his jokes that made him funny. It was the whole delivery of the joke that made this man funny. Yeah. And... Um, you know, he's, I mean, he's classic, I mean, which is, I mean, to spin this back to a character of mine that's my favorite, one of my favorite characters in um, in movies is the dude. The dude. So, like, so when we talk about Jeff Bridges and playing the, the dude in The Big Lebowski, um, this was a guy, uh, king of a lot of the one-liners and throughout the movie. And again, it was all about the delivery man. You know, I mean, it was just how he how he set it up with the pauses and the sequence that made it funny and that really put him on the map, um, along with the writing, uh, the script, the cast of characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot that more that went into that movie, obviously, but 
Um, he definitely put his name on the map with that movie. I uh, I love Hedberg. I love that that one. He he says um, rice is great if you want a thousand or something. <laughs> or uh, the other one, he's like forget. He's like uh, well, I was up one night watching a infomercial and it told me to to uh, forget everything I know about. What's, what, what is it? Uh, Throw rugs or something like that. Yeah. He's like, forget everything you know about throw rugs. And then he just looks at the audience and goes, so I did. <laughs> and then the and then and then I just kept talking about throw rugs. And I just I didn't know anything about throw rugs at that point because it told me to forget everything. <laughs> and uh, I'm forgetting everything I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Hedberg is um, as far as the one. Yeah, uh, this man turned me on to Hedberg. Um, I had no idea of his existence until he he had shown me, and uh, then I caught myself like watching a YouTube video of him every now and then. He's uh, yeah. super funny as far as the one-liner goes, because he, he he's right. You know, he just he go he just spews one-liners. He just goes on and on. The man has an unlimited list of them. Like he just it's looked like he's thinking them up on the spot sometimes. Like a little pretty brilliant. Um, you know, some of our something else uh, I wanted to talk about uh, since we we're talking about Jeff Bridges is uh, I watched the the Fisher Prince and also talk about Robin Williams. Um, have you seen this movie? I have not. This movie, I had always heard of this movie, but I had no idea what it was about. And, um, so it's about this, um, Jeff Bridges is this, uh, cool cat radio guy, right? He's, uh, okay, okay. yeah, he, he's, he's a radio personality and he's got it. He's, um, starting to break out into like other things like film and stuff like that. Um, so one night, um, uh, one day he's finishing up his job, he's finishing up his, uh, set and this guy calls him and he goes, you know, I think this girl, like, he, she really likes me. And she's like, he's like, where did you meet her? He's like, yeah, at the bar, you know? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, what I tell you, man, you can't be, you cannot be messing with those uh, high society freaks, this, this, and that, you know? You know, he, and he talks down to him and he basically calls him an idiot for, uh, you know, thinking that this girl likes him. So this guy takes it the wrong way and he, you know, he shoots up the place. He shoots up this entire bar. And he kills like seven people before shooting himself, so it takes a really dark turn. Because uh, he's um, it's funny because Jeff Bridges is like chilling in his super nice apartment, you know, dancing like with nothing but his robe on, just listening to his music. And then he you know, he like hears his name in the news, and he's like he like turns his head, and he notices it, and like you can see the happiness just drained from his face, and he real like he fucking hates himself by the end of this scene. And it's only like two seconds, but, um, then it flash forwards like three, uh, maybe like a year or so. I think it's 16 uh -huh. months. It, it flash forward. And he's like a drunk alcoholic. The, the part he was up for to play on this show, it goes to this other guy and he could just keep watching reruns of the show and thinking like, Oh, that was fucking going to be my line. You know, he's a drunk, sad alcoholic. And, um, it's, it's kind of sad, but then he runs into Robin Williams, who is this, um, you know, he's had a rough, he's had a rough night at this point, and uh, he's about to get like stabbed by all these teenagers, and then Robin Williams, this homeless man, shows up and just like scares him off with his, he's like, I am Robin Williams, and I am being crazy right now, and you're gonna go away, and you know, doing and spouting all this like holy grail stuff, and. You know, he's doing his Robin Williams shtick, and he's just being sure. a lot. He's, you know, sure. and these kids are like, what the fuck? And they just run off, right? Sure. And so, come to find out, Jeff Bridges, this this guy, um, he, he becomes friends with this Robin Williams character. And it turns out that this Robin Williams character was the husband of one of the people that 
um, this guy had shot. And so, you know, he was, um, he had his life and everything together. He was a, a teacher and everything. And then, you know, after this event where his wife is like, gets her face blown off, he, he kind of snaps and, um, just becomes this homeless, like erratic dude. And so Jeff Bridges takes it upon himself to, uh, to help this guy. Cause, um, and he doesn't know how, but he's like, I don't know what I got to do, but I'm going to help you. Right, and he thinks this is gonna solve all his all his um, problems. This is gonna make him like a better person. But you know, it's it's a bit more than that. But that's that's about twenty minutes into the movie, um, and I think I'll stop there because it's I'll stop talking about it there. But um, I, I'd recommend this movie. Um, it's not a big like punch in the gut or a big like amazing movie you're gonna watch. But as far as um you know Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams go, absolutely recommend it. The two are electric in this movie. Well, that's that's a I have no idea. I definitely need to watch that movie mm-hmm. because I mean, just the fact that the both of them are in the same movie, mm-hmm. I think that would make it uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about just let it, just hold on. That's a dog. He does that when he's when he's alone. He starts screaming. Oh, I thought that was a person. No, so right? it's a little dog. But this <laughs> so. But anyway, as we were talking about Jeff Bridges, um, who I think, even though, um, that in the in one of my favorite movies of his, which is The Big Lebowski, as we mentioned earlier, um, I really feel that he himself is the dude. Yes. Like, and I think that's why he played that role so beautifully. But. I don't want to tell you that, I mean, that does not take away from the guy's acting abilities. Um, because as we were talking about Westerns, and, and I'm a Western fan, of course, um, you know, True Grit is is one of my one of my favorite movies. Um, you know, with John Wayne, where he played Rooster Cogburn. And to see, to see the remake of, of you know, of, of True Brothers. Grit yeah. with, with Jeff Bridges... Playing Rooster Coburn, and and seeing and, and even Matt Damon played an amazing role in that movie as well. Um, that movie, um, he he really did it a service. I'm gonna say, and that's it's very difficult to do, especially when you bring back and resurrect such an old movie mm-hmm. um, that was that's such a uh, that more or less a, people that, have forgotten that's about. Such a, that's such a classic. Well, I mean, for maybe in, in those in your era, but sure, yeah, um, that's really when it comes to westerns is such a staple of a western movie, and to remake okay. that movie, um, you know, many 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 years later, um, he really, I have to say, he really did it a service, and uh, Jeff Bridges, see, it should be, I mean, and the whole, pro, I mean, producer, director, and cast and crew in that really should be commended because, I mean, the way that they put that whole movie together really uh, really gave you the whole aspect of what I think the producer would have wanted years and years ago when they were making the original. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, yeah, the Coen brothers are... They're obviously geniuses, uh, the, the directors of that movie. Um, and it, it's always fun to see them do their unique take on things. Um, cause if you've ever seen a Coen brother movie, it's very unique for sure. Mm-hmm. All of their movies are very, uh, just tonally very weird. Um, uh, especially True Grit. True Grit was very like, 
what's going on here. He also uh, directed Fargo, correct? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. That yeah. Talk about a totally weird movie. Um, that one's all over the place. Um, like it seems so casual, like but like there's all this bad shit happening, but it looks so casual. Like it's it's a super weird movie. Um, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's really good. Um, but yeah, Jeff Bridges and I see when I first watched True Grit, um, I watched the uh, the the new one. Um, of course you did. I didn't. Well, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually didn't like it. Uh, I mean. I'd probably like it now if I rewatched it. I don't remember much about it. But um, if we were to rewatch it, and I'd probably like it now. But back then, you know, 13-year-old me was like, whatever. I don't I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get this. You know, I uh, just couldn't comprehend it. Um, but big brain me probably could figure it out um, and really like it. Um, the original, I did like. Uh, I watched the original, and uh, it's a lot different, too. Um it has its parts. It has. It, its I think parts the ending is very different. Um, well, they they accentuate the ending more, mm-hmm. a little bit more um, in the um, in the Jeff Bridges uh, remake, mm-hmm. and um, but it's it's it has its many 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 similarities sure. to the movie. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember Matt Damon's character in that movie. I know he's in that movie, but I don't remember him. And I know, uh, is he the, that Matt Damon plays the Texas Ranger that is teaming up with, okay. with Rooster Cogburn to take down the bad guy that's gone into Indian territory. Okay. Um, and so, and he's, they're teaming the up, guy is someone too, they're, right? they're teaming up because there's a big, uh, oh, there's, there's lots of, in fact, in the, um, uh, in the new episode there. There's many good characters. I can't think of his name. In fact, Brolin, Josh Brolin. Yeah, who That's was it. actually actually played in uh, the sequel to Wall Street. Oh, was he in that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As well, yeah, he was one of the tycoons. Um, but yeah, it was a great movie, and and how they put that all together, like I mean, is a. Uh, I think really, like I said, really did his service. So yeah, um, if you're a Josh Brolin fan, I. I cannot recommend uh, the MCU enough, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe to you enough, because uh, Josh Brolin plays um, Thanos. He's the big bad. You know, they, these all these movies I've been working up to, and uh, I I would say Thanos is up there with like Darth Vader as far as like best villains of all time. Like the way he plays Thanos, dude. Thanos is way bigger. Like Thanos would kill. I mean, would just destroy Darth Vader. Oh, maybe. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it would just destroy. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. Especially, what if he had a, the? What if he had the all the affinity stones? I mean, yeah. I mean, at that point, nothing can stop you. But I mean, we're talking about two different universes here. I don't know. Yeah, but we're talking about he destroyed. I mean, he destroyed the Hulk. He destroyed Thor. I mean, are you kidding me? Like a guy that's that tough, like I mean, well, if you can take Thor down Thor killed him like three times and he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, but if you can take down the Hulk, I mean, I mean the yeah. Hulk, the Hulk is a complete badass. Yeah, I mean, virtually indestructible. Just, now he he doesn't kill the Hulk, right? No, but but he's able to at least put the Hulk in its place, and it doesn't even. And, fake, and yeah. Avengers, he he beats everyone <laughs> many times. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, yeah, I mean, he's just like, I mean, and then he is the, I mean, the the top supervillain in my opinion. 
I mean, so did did you watch it game? What? Have you seen it game? No, no, actually, no, because I I think I I think we've actually had a talk about this in the past. Is is that, um, you know, unfortunately with all the different Marvel movies that came out, you know, in the last decade, I've just been so burnt out on Marvel movies, unfortunately, and. It's probably been over the last, you know, not even decade, probably even a little bit longer than that. 2000. Um, you know, so, yeah, so I was going to say 10 or 12 years. Um, when the Marvel movies first start, started coming out, I was I was thrilled, man, to be honest with you because I grew up reading comic books. I oh, mean, okay. Okay. that's that's what I grew up. I mean, I I mean, my, some of my favorite you know, people were Aquaman, Spider-Man, Superman, um, DC, Marvel, you know, I mean, I liked it all. Um, but when they started coming out with one after another, after another, after another, and then it was just, man, how much, it was like, how it was just, how much movie can we drag out of this? No, I mean, yeah, they definitely like get their money's worth for sure. Um, but I think the quality is there. Oh, well, the quality of the movie is definitely good. But just, um, I think the entertainment value went down, to be honest with you. For, okay, okay. We can agree to disagree there. I think uh, some of my favorite movies of all time have come from these, from, like, uh, uh, that first Spider-Man, Homecoming, uh, with Tom Holland. I, I love it. I, I, it's, like, top ten for me. I, I think it's, the entire movie is perfect. Like, it is a flawless movie. You know, I think, you know... Why well, I, I really think that those were really... Um, when you had the Spider-Man 1, 2, 3 um, in the very beginning there... Um, and then reboot those, it, yeah. Those were, those were great. Those I are mean, good. And I've actually watched them multiple times. Um, I really liked Venom. Mm -hmm. I really did like Venom. I mean, with Tom Hardy. I mean, dude, it was just Venom. That was just a badass Oh, movie. yeah. Um... So I love Tom Hardy and everything. Um, but I just got to tell you that I just kind of got, I mean, like when we, we took the Avengers and it was, then we, you know, we had Captain America, we had Thor and it's all tying in together. We had Iron Man from behind, you know, from before previous to that. There's and it's lot. all, it's all tying in this. And I'm like, dude, I mean, like, can we just make this into a shorter movie and make this so that it's entertaining for me? Because I don't got that kind of attention span. <laughs> it know? says the guy who watched all all three of the Lord of the Rings. Well, I mean, that was a must, man. Okay? Yeah, that was that was a must. I knew there was an end in sight. You know, I knew there was an end in sight because there's only three fucking movies, man. Yeah. That's. I mean, you don't know when the end of Marvel's gonna be. You know why? Because they come out with some new fucking spin that comes out. And they're, you know what, hey, or you know what, we got a show, we're going to do another Star Wars. Mm -hmm. We're going to show the prequel to this yeah. shit. Yeah. And guess what, we're going to entice all these people to go spend another fucking hundred million dollars on seeing this movie in the films. That just doesn't, to me, I mean, we're, at that point, we're just sucking money out of the public. Oh, point. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the movie industry is a business, yeah. It's supposed to make money. You can't make like a $100 million movie without making... Hopefully it's going to make you $100 yeah, million. Yeah, but you know what I think they should do? Is have an original fucking idea. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. A, a lot of people, a lot of film fans agree. But, you know, the common public just, you know... go. Should I go watch... Uh, you know, you they come up against a movie they never heard of. Or this MCU movie that everyone's everyone's talking about, everyone's seeing. So, oh, I'll go check that out. You know, this movie I never heard of. Fuck that. You know, 
I, I, I know I get your sentiment. I, I'm there with you. Like, there's not... The, a lot of people have said there's no original ideas in Hollywood anymore. And, like, to a degree, I think that's true. Because, um, you know, you make a thousand movies every year. No, I mean, only only a stretch or, you know, a few, a few of them are original. And it's not a lot of times a movie draws me in because its plot is so different. And I've never seen it before. You know, it, what draws me in is, like, either the acting or the, the fighting or... Uh, mm -hmm. maybe the, the, it's funny or, um, I just want to, I don't know. I don't really know, but, um, well, and that's why I think that like, I think a lot of the, um, original ideas come from your, your younger directors. I mean, think about how great Steven Spielberg was in his begin in the beginning of his career, mm -hmm. what made him famous? Oh yeah, Jaws. I mean you had I mean uh, you had encounters of a uh, you know of a third kind. Uh, Jaws. You know yeah Jaws. Well, yeah that you had um, you know I mean there was Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. I mean those original ideas, man, that I think are really coming from, and that's why I like um, to not saying that he's super young, but. Um, because he's definitely been around the movie industry, but that's why I like Quentin Tarantino. Um, he and, makes a and, totally original movie. And, and yeah. in, in most of his movies, he does make an original movie. He's had a couple that he's you know tried to spin on other somebody else's book or another idea something or that something happened like in that. History, you know. right? But he makes a completely original movie. He's a guy that can take a World War II movie and turn it into something that nobody's ever seen. Yeah. You know, so that's that's why I like watching some of those newer directors. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's funny to to get there aren't many young directors, and it's because like you know a studio is just not gonna put one one unheard of dude in the spotlight, you know, with two hundred million dollars and said, okay, hey, make our movie. You know, right? They'd rather do, they'd rather do something rather that they know that has uh, a success behind it. Like, yeah. hey, let's make another fucking X Men movie. Mm -hmm. Let's make another fucking Wolverine. Let's make another. You know, let's make another Marvel movie because they know that it brings revenue. Yep. And and, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm there. I mean. The, the worst part is, is like I know all this, and I'm like, yeah, I'm still gonna go watch it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like it, like it's like, oh look, another Marvel movie. Can't wait. <laughs> like, like I, I'm at this point, like I'm kind of sad that we've been without a Marvel movie for almost a well, year now. You know what? And I actually think it's people like you that are the reason that we don't have anything original in Hollywood anymore. Mm, maybe, but these, these, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But you know what? You know what? Those those Avenger movies are good. They're fun. Well, they're no, good. they are they're, to a point. There yeah. was a, there was a point where they they Some of them they, are not they, good. they cease becoming fun for me anymore. Uh, and I'm just saying it's because okay, well, maybe me growing up with comic books. Now I know the end to this movie. Okay, and it's like okay, dude, how many of these are you gonna make me watch? Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel I say that like, hey, make me watch. Like, okay, everybody else is talking about this. This is what's on everything. I mean, if I look on all of the uploads, Netflix, I mean, Prime, Hulu, I mean, you see them all over the Marvel movies, sit there to watch, and it's like, dude, and that's why I say, make it's, me watch. Because, it's interesting how we decide to, how, like, we're completely different in how we decide to watch a movie. 
Oh, popularity has nothing to do with the fact on whether or not I'm going to watch a movie or not. And it's almost everything to do with me. It's like, it's because like, or or either it's so, it's popular with someone I know. So like I watch The Waterboy or I'll watch a bunch of comedies because like I know you wa- you like them. And I'm like, okay, well I got to watch it because I want to see what he sees, you know? Like that's what yeah. usually drives, I, like going back to it, what lies beneath I, that's, is a rare exception. I watched it because it's like, oh, I've never heard of this, and I, I recognize these actors, and I've never heard of this. I gotta watch this. Um, that's, that's something else that, when I was first watching movies for the first time, and just, I had, um, so we had, we've just moved here to Arizona, and we got set up with, uh, Cox, right? And the initial service came with, like, six months of free uh, the the movie channels the free movie channels sure sure um, and i was Good like stuff i was like oh fuck yeah and i was watching them all unedited i was like oh hell yeah no commercials totally unedited so i, I recorded like i think like 120 movies um while i while that's while I, we had that free those free um channels and i i, I recorded every movie i thought I, of actors i recognized i was like okay i recognize that actor record Recognize that one. Record. Recognize that one. Record. And I, I would, I would walk into almost all of these blind, and uh, like I didn't know any anything. Uh, my favorite one I watched was Eight uh, Millimeter. Okay. Seen, I like. Um, I was like, I've never heard of this movie. I see it here. Um, this Nicolas Cage. I'll watch it. Loved it. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in it too. Uh, it's directed by. Uh, he just died. Um, Bear. No, not Bearhoven. Whatever his name is. Um, but he directed flat Joel Schumacher. That's it, Joel Schumacher. Okay. Um, yeah. Yep. He does all those weird, uh, in- interesting, kind of horror esque movies, but uh, not really horror. Thriller. Thriller. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that'd that's a fun. fine line, isn't it? Um. Actually, you know, I think it's actually pretty. In my mind, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. I mean, a horror movie is uh, a horror movie is going to have the jumps. Um. It's going to have a. Um, it's the whole theme of the movie is a scare. It's usually supernatural of some kind. Um, that's a true horror movie in my mind. Um, you've got the the guy, the, the dead guy, the slasher movies, the dead guy that's stalking you. Where a thriller movie is going to have a dark tone throughout mm-hmm. the movie that is really just it's a it's a depressing movie in a lot of cases. A thriller movie is going to not have maybe they'll throw in a few jump scares but it's something that definitely doesn't walk the line of a horror movie sure so have you seen saw yes would you consider that a horror movie or a thriller that's a horror movie yeah <laughs> I, I consider that a thriller well i mean yeah i mean yeah some it's... guy's in a basement and he's chopping people up and stuff like that well it's a bit more that, than that, that. that yeah yeah i mean that's just kind of it's uh it, it's because it's not very, it's not scary. It's, I mean, it's got moments, like you said, you know, Thriller has scary moments, but it's not outright, like, trying to scare you. It's more, like, tonally freaking you out. And this guy, like, I mean, it's about a guy who's like, oh, I don't think you deserve life, so if you if you actually do deserve it, you'll you'll make it out of my masochist puzzle, right? You know, uh, you cheated on your, your wife, your husband, so if you like him, don't like him that much, you can cut up a, open his stomach and grab the key <laughs> and that'll save you. <laughs> yeah, a thriller movie's plot, in my opinion, would be something more of the natural line of sure. reality. But 
there's dark essence, there's something lurking behind that is what's exciting you. Whereas where you see in a horror movie, it's a plot that completely throws you into another realm where you are now in a psychopath's mind, like for The Purge. Like, okay, now this is okay a reality, but it, it's an alternate reality mm -hmm. if this were to ever pass and... This, in my opinion, that makes it a horror movie because, okay, this is now, it's it's breaking the line. It's almost a sci-fi. Yeah. Okay? But with all of this blood, guts, killing, murder, mayhem, and that kind of puts it into a, um, so uh, a great, uh, a great way that I put it is like this. So in the trilogy of Unbreakable, which going back to comic books, um, you had Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I don't know if you've was seen Was that a these. comic book originally? Well, it's it's based on a comic book. It's based on a comic book. So is it? Um, I didn't know that at all. I thought that was I thought that was an original. So idea. well, if you watch the movie, so Glass. I've okay. only seen Unbreakable. Oh well, then you, my friend, have to have to watch these movies because it's amazing. Unbreakable is great. So um. Split. Is the sequel so is the sequel to Unbreakable? Yes, okay? I know this. All right, now Split. Um, I won't. I don't want to give you the whole thing, but this walks the line of. Now this is a thriller movie, and this is definitely not a horror. I've seen movie. bits of this movie. So um, I definitely recommend this trilogy. Um, and it is a, it is a true trilogy. It's uh, the Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Watching them in that order. Um, definitely, definitely watch it. You got some great cast of characters, uh, from Bruce Willis to Samuel L. Jackson, uh, some other great characters in there. Um, so dude, if you haven't seen that. Yeah. Unbreakable. Uh, I could only speak for Unbreakable and Unbreakable is a phenomenal movie. It is so good. Uh, just a man who learns he's a superhero, you know, and that's basically the plot of it, but he's unbreakable. Like. Like, he lifts, like, 800 pounds just to see if, you know... But he has a weakness. Yeah, he's got his kryptonite. You know, mm -hmm. it's... What is it, water? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, he's got his weakness. And just like all the other superheroes had some kind of weakness, mm -hmm. you know, to them. And Split know. is, um, if anything, just a, a masterpiece of acting. Because the dude is... Uh, James McAvoy plays, like, 27 different personalities i think mm -hmm. yes and he like creates a personality for each one like it's not just like uh slight differences and you can still see no they're each different like their own person <laughs> oh yeah 100%. it's uh in that that and i'm only seeing bits and pieces of uh a split but i liked what i saw and i like yeah. james mcavoy for sure um and glass i just heard it was terrible so i didn't watch it but mm -hmm. uh i'll go watch it just for one because you you recommend it and two yeah let's let's talk about you know to kind of close this out let's talk about some movies that we're gonna watch possibly over the next week or what we Ooh, should watch what should we watch um I don't know where to start from there well what I'd recommend to you Tootsie if you haven't watched that okay um for that's sure. definitely something that I think that I can watch yeah I think that's more or less up your alley okay um, and. But because uh, I'm into drag, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no. I see. I think there's a there's a line there, right? I, I wouldn't call this guy a drag queen because he's he's just dressing up as a girl to play a part. Whereas drag queens, they have like 
they want to be you. You know, you know. I think there's a there's a small difference there. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Just I think that I'll just to clear that up because I don't know. I don't want people coming after me. <laughs> I don't want the drag. I don't want the drag queen community coming after me. But uh, or um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, what else would I recommend? Well, what what would you recommend me? Well, I would definitely recommend you to see Split in class. Sure. I mean, just like how we were finishing, because um, you being especially so into uh, comic book lore, yeah, um, you need to watch these movies because, not saying that they are based on comic books, but the whole movie is around the philosophy of comic book lore. Sure. So, yes, it is. It is. So... You need to definitely watch these these three movies. Um, I would, I mean, I think that's actually a binge worthy day to be honest with you. Watching Unbreakable, Split, and Glass, right? I think right there is a is a great day. Uh, okay. Um, something uh, I'll bring up right now is uh, it's a random movie. Um, Copland. Have you ever, have you heard of this? Yes, I have. Have you seen it? You no, seen I have it? not. Okay. Copland is a uh, early James Mangold. Uh, so Mangold is known for uh, Logan, like we talked about earlier, and then uh, that Johnny Cash movie, uh, Walk the Line, I think it was called, with Joaquin Phoenix. Right. Uh, and then uh, he did something recently that everyone really liked. I don't know. He uh, James Mangold is a pretty good director, I feel like. Um, and this is one of his first movies. And Sylvester Stallone is. Uh, so it takes place outside of New York, and that's important because there are inside inner cops, and then. Okay. Um, and then there's, a uh, Sylvester Stallone, who is basically like a sheriff, right? Okay. And he's not like a real cop uh, to a lot of these guys. Like he, he tried to be one, but, uh, some health issue, um, he couldn't do it. Um, he couldn't do it. So he beca- he became a sheriff for the smaller outside town of, outside of New York, uh, main city, New York anyways. And, uh, this, this particular place is where a lot of like, cops go on their you know days off or whatever and it's like they're it's, it's they call it cop land um because it's where they could be you know i don't know it's just where the cops go right um but there's this whole question of loyalty and you know a bad cop dirty cops and this this and that and, mm-hmm. um you know uh Sylve- sylvester stallone is a good cop through and through um and he always tries to do the right thing but all these other act, uh people De Niro is in this movie. Uh, um, Harvey Keitel. Um, uh, I can't name anyone. It's been it's been all already been a month since I watched it. But um, if you want to see a good Sylvester Stallone performance, cause, and there isn't many, let's be honest, there isn't many Sylvester Stallone great Sylvester. <laughs> but uh, if you want to see a really good one, absolutely, this movie uh, Copland is great. Uh, he he does he does a great job in this movie. Um, uh, yeah, he's just trying to fight off bad cops. That's really the... I mean, it's a simple story. There's really nothing special to it. Right but, on. But uh, right on. if you're anything like me, you I love cop stories. I, I love... you know Not that there's many original ones now, but uh, I love... I, anything that has to do with cops or something, I'm, I'm always there. Like... Nice. I don't know I don't know why but it something always draws me to it and I got to I got to know. I li- I like I like my mysteries and stuff like that. Nice. And this nice. there's not a mystery here but uh typically they go hand in hand. Right on, man. All oh. right. Yeah, um Ray Liotta is also in that movie. Oh, dude, well, then you've got to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's Ray Liotta. Robert Patrick uh 
which uh, you might know. I don't know if you know that name. You know that name? No. He's uh, he's the uh, Liquid Man from Tr- Terminator Two. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. So he's also in this movie. He's a dirty ass cop. He's a motherfucker in this movie. Uh, yeah, that's I'd recommend that. Uh, recommend Terminator Two for sure. Also. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, that's Terminator I mean, Two. That's definitely uh, in my case one of the the ones that where the sequel was better than the original. Yes. Yes. Um, and not that the original is bad either. The original is no, great. No, the original is a great movie. I mean, uh, there wouldn't be a sequel without the original. James Cameron, man, is uh, is just on another level, isn't he? Oh, dude. I mean, yeah. Have you seen yeah. The Abyss? Yeah. Dude, I don't know what what's up with James Cameron, but he's always like, all right, this big movie I'm going to make, this massively huge movie that no one ever thinks about attempting to make, I'm not only going to make it and make it good, I'm going to make it so that it's, like, the most highest-grossing movie of all time, you know? Like, the the effort he goes to to make The Abyss, insane. Like, he, he I read that he ran it out, like, an entire, essentially, like, a fish, a gigantic fish tank, right? Essentially. So that he could film all these under, and then he developed um, technology so that it, it would work underwater. Like, and then, um, same thing with the Avatar, Avatar movies, like... How, how does someone make Titanic, full, by the way, making like an entire Titanic just to destroy it again? <laughs> and, right. then that's, and then that's the highest grossing movie of all time, right? And then not, nothing comes close to it, right? James Cameron doesn't make a movie for uh, after that for another 13 years. Then then uh, 2009 rolls around. He's like, I'm going to release Avatar. you know. And not only does it do extremely well, it doubles his original high score. Like of a like a one point two billion dollars or something. He he's it's an like, amazing movie. Amazing yeah, movie. I, it's okay. <laughs> talk, talk about a movie that needs a sequel. It's he's working on them. I mean yeah. that that is something that I would think would be in it's in in my mind. Okay, let's make something like that. That's an original idea. That is something I would want to watch, man. A, I would I would be lined up to watch say, that movie. You say that's original. That movie's original. I would say that so well obviously when Avatar came out that was the original idea right so but something that hasn't been overplayed like something um and and it, a James Cameron movie that's one you got to go watch yeah i would say as far as the um him becoming one of the navi and able, uh, like him sleep falling uh, asleep in this thing and him wake his consciousness waking up in a navi body uh-huh. i would say that's uh that part was original um, but like the whole like his story of uh, learning to be with these uh, other characters, like I was like, oh, this is Pocahontas, <laughs> like this is Pocahontas through and through. Like uh, odd man out uh, ends up falling in love with uh, you know what he was supposed to destroy. This, this, and that. Um, what's up? Yeah, um, but yeah, he going back to James Cameron, like dude's a madman like he just creates these massive movies and then they make billions of dollars and now he's making the next three avatar movies and he's making them simultaneously so all, all them together and they've been working on this for years now uh and like james cameron's come out and said it's like it's probably i'm i'm probably gonna die making these movies like i don't want to i don't make anything else other than these movies <laughs> nice <laughs> so, yeah like, he's like i'm gonna and he's got people in place 
so to take over for him in case he does die. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Uh, Honestly, wow. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Um, Avatar's good. I would say Avatar's good. I think it's a bit long, but uh, I think I think Avatar's good. Well, I think any of the good movies, like something like The Lord of the Rings, um, being long. I mean, if they're a great movie, people are willing to watch it. You sure. Know what I mean. Sure. But. Um, Mitch, I want to thank you for uh, bringing me on the show, man. I, yeah. I really appreciate it, and I think we're drawing towards the end. I and mean, at least your blinker's telling me. Yeah, I think so. uh, I think it's a good time. This is a natural way to wrap it up, uh, natural time to wrap it up. Uh, we're at uh, almost an hour and a half here. Probably ends up, This probably end up being an hour. It's okay. We're just getting back into the gro- I'm getting back into the groove of things, figuring this out again. And, uh, yeah, you know, next, next week, uh, I don't know what we'll talk about. We'll figure it out then, though. Uh, but yeah, I want to thank uh, Josh Conkey here, the donk. Uh, he's uh he's been helping me out a lot lately, you know, and uh, just appreciate him coming on so I can start making the show again because it's it's been too long. Awesome, yeah. Th- thanks, Richard, for bringing me on. I really appreciate you, and um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you on another episode of the Road to Ten Thousand. Definitely, uh, yeah. Uh, see you next week, guys. Uh, appreciate you listening, and have a good one. Thank you. But yeah, so you had left these there here the other night. Yeah. And uh, I was, I started like, <laughs> it was funny too, because you had, you had opened like three of them and only taken a sip and then just moved on. Really? Yeah. So I had to dump like three of them at first. But then I, then one day I was like, you know what? I wonder how, what these taste like, because I'm not a big iced tea guy, but whatever. Uh-huh. I, f- I figured I'd try it. And I try it and I'm like, okay, that's not bad. And then my new thing was like, what can I like do this all in one one go? And I did. <laughs> I like I like downed it all in one go. I was like, damn, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> my uh, my buddy turned me on to these twisted teas, and I tell you what, you know, like they're a good mix up for like when you have a beer, mm-hmm. you know, and then you want to drink something else. It's just kind of a good mix. The I mean, so the first and the sequel, Wall Street. Because after I watched the second one, I was talking to you and telling you how yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I watched the first one. so you, Had you seen it before? I, I hadn't seen it before, actually. If I had seen it, it's been a really long time since I saw it. Because there was quite a, you could tell there was quite a few years between the the, oh, the yeah. making of the first one like, and the second one. I think one. it was like 40 years, 41 years, something. Uh, really? Was I mean, that's, I think that's, Wall Street was... That's think, that's quite a few. I mean, I don't think Charlie Sheen is that old. So it was 2010, the original of the sequel came out. And 1987 was the original, so... 23 years? Yeah. 23 years, yeah. Okay, so not, yeah. not, not big, but it was, uh, it was a while. They were, yeah. I don't know why they were like, you know what, sequel, but that one, that one flew under everyone's radar. Yeah, honestly, you know, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Like I mean, I said I saw the second one when I didn't recall the first one, mm-hmm. and you know I was able to kind of piece everything together. And yeah. I mean, it wasn't like one of those sequels where you couldn't, um, no, like like you had to have watched the first one or else no. you were completely lost. I can't. I can imagine. So yeah, because at the end of the first one, he he goes to jail and. God, that that first one's really good. Did you like it? Yeah. No, actually, I really liked it. Um, Greed is good. <laughs> yeah. I love that shit. But um, it's pretty. It's 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 got a pretty good twist. Like I thought, 
it had a couple of more. I think it had a couple of more twists in the sequel. Honestly, mm-hmm. there was a couple of more twists where, I mean, he was putting. I mean, whereas in the first one there was only like one really good twist, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, um, I rewatched the Kill Bills again. That's really my love. Mm-hmm. Is so like my my love for movies revolves around Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Be quite honest with you, like so, because when I first, um, I mean, I I grew up watching movies, mm-hmm. um, but obviously my movie selection was based on what my parents' tastes were. And, yeah, same. But uh, but I I grew up I grew up watching movies from a from a young young age because we didn't have cable TV. Mm-hmm. And so, without having cable TV, we just watched. I mean, that's we to be entertained. We still were huddled around the TV like anybody else watching cable. Yeah, we were just watching what we wanted to watch right through through movies. So, I grew up with a lot of the classic comedy movies and comedians like Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Steve Martin, um, and then even older. Comedians like Bob Hope, uh, we'd watch movies, you know, being Crosby era, mm-hmm. um, Fred Astaire movies. Yeah. And so some some pretty old movies, like, I mean, a lot of people know, you know, some of them like, you know, White Christmas and stuff like that. But we, we, we grew up with a lot of those movies and a lot of the John Candy era, like said, Dan Aykroyd. Um, but then... Once I started to get a little bit older, I got introduced to Quentin Tarantino through the movie Four Rooms. It was actually the very first movie. That's of weird. His it's like one of the watched. only ones I haven't watched. Yeah, so Four Rooms just really hooked me. Like, not knowing that, okay, well, I really hadn't dove into it and know that he only had a part in that entire movie. You know, yeah. he only had a scene, a particular scene out of the four scenes in that movie. But you see a lot of the same characters that you see in his other films. Um, but the whole movie was brilliant. Mm-hmm. was just how the whole plot twisted and how it went from scene to scene. And then forwards and backwards, you know, where you're seeing something in the future and you're seeing something in the past. Mm-hmm. And then your present time. I mean, it was genius, I thought. And um, it was like... After that, I was hooked on Quentin Tarantino. Something Nolan does a lot, like in Prestige. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes back and forth. And you, I honestly don't even. Sometimes you don't even know where you're at. You know, in the timeline when it when it just cuts because, yeah. Well, I think if you watch enough Quentin Tarantino movies, or in enough of those of those particular directors or producers, mm-hmm. that you know, like I think an educated film uh, watcher, movie watcher. Is gonna know like okay hey when you go forward and backwards, you almost instantly like know where you are. Yeah, you know what I mean. There yeah, there's very few movies I watched where I was like, like there was a, a little woman recently, it did that a lot. Um, it jumps between three different time zones, and the only way you can tell is, the way I told I could tell was um, the colors of the color palette. Like it just like one's gray, one's super bright red, and one's super green or whatever, something like that. And what's the name of this movie? Little Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.